0: Wait, are you, (laughs) are you going to count me in? Whatever. I'm just going to go for it. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the eighties, I'd love to say Queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities, and they're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast.
1: Now here's your host, Amy Singleton, the queen of realness, leading conversations about business, life, and the real shit you want to know.
0: welcome everybody back to another episode of the queen's lead podcast today i have a special treat for you we are joined by local oklahoma legend kim torres so many of our local listeners already know and love her and i'm excited to introduce her to the rest of the world through this podcast hello welcome kim torres hi i'm glad to be here thanks for having me I've been trying to get Kim to come on the show since I very first started and today was the day that it finally synced up and I'm so happy. Kim is the owner of Nosh Restaurant and More, uh, Catering Creations and Nosh on the Green. They actually just picked up this last year as as a secondary location at the golf course down in Norman. Kim, tell us about your business and who you are. Oh
1: goodness. Well, my name is Kim. I started in the restaurant business Back in about 1982, waiting tables while I was in high school, and then went on to wait tables while I was in college and went into management, not thinking that I would continue to stay in the restaurant business, but it is a little bit of an addiction when you work in the restaurant business, if you like adrenaline, and that is me. So I ended up staying in the restaurant business and got a job with Hal Smith, who has Hal Smith Restaurant Group and worked for him in various um, concepts and then went off to start my own back in about 19, I think it was 1999. Um, we opened our own catering business in Norman with his blessing and uh, then we ended up moving up to Moore, Oklahoma from Norman and opened a restaurant. So our main focus is we do catering and then we have our restaurant, which helps us market our business for the catering side of things. And then we've just grown from there. So I'm also yeah. a mother and a wife and a grandmother and all sorts of things.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you do it all. She literally talk about wearing all the hats. Kim does all the things she's, I don't know how her energy, I could never keep up with it, but tell us about. What were your aspirations as a young girl in high school waiting those tables? Did you think you had something else in mind that you wanted to do?
1: There's different memories that I have. My grandmother used to take me to California every summer to visit her sisters and brothers. And I'll never forget sitting in my aunt's swimming pool thinking, what do I want to do with my life? And I thought, if I can just take some of my ideas and make money off of that. And it's not just about money, but just doing something that I I really enjoy to do. Um, But I also would write poems when I was in high school. And back then, when you couldn't print things easily, I ended up having a little poem book printed at one of our local printers. And it was called Remember This. And it was more positive aspirations and things to put out to people so I guess part of my life I wanted to do good things for people but also doing it in an atmosphere that I was already comfortable in which is the service industry so we kind of tried to combine that and started my own business that way so it's just kind of been my my thing and my husband always wonders like what time are you coming home how come you like to stay up there I like to work that's it's fun to see my ideas come into play and fruition.
0: Yeah. What what's been um maybe tell us about a time when an idea didn't work so well. Can you share one of your um, early failures?
1: Let's see. Well, when I first started out on my own after leaving House Smith Restaurant Group just for cash flow, we started a house cleaning business while we were catering.
0: And oh my that- gosh.
1: Yes. And it we called it, uh, it was a concierge service too, where we would run errands for people. It was before like Instacart and things like that, where yeah. we would go and shop for people while we were catering on the side. So it was mainly to keep people that I had working for me busy. And yeah. so we gained a lot of clients. Actually in high school, I did have a pet sitting business. So it, it kind of all circled back together, so I yeah. still have a couple of clients that will say, hey, can you watch my dog when when we're out of town, so now I have my son do it, and things like that, but, but I guess it's the service part of it, where it's like helping someone solve a problem, um, and they yeah. don't have to worry, and there's some confidence in knowing that they can trust us, um, so, but the house cleaning part, we didn't like it, so I guess that would be what I would say my failure. But it was a good failure because I was yeah. ready to get out of it.
0: Yeah, I personally I a good didn't. Failure.
1: Yeah, I didn't clean the houses myself. We had a lot of people that worked for us.
0: But yeah,
1: people that like their house clean versus people that like food. It was a totally different clientele, and it's like I don't like this part of it. So
0: it was a good yeah. thing
1: that. Yeah,
0: but that's the that's the testament to who you are, Kim. Is you are a problem solver. You're like, okay, there's not enough cash flow here. How can I keep these people in work? How can what else can we do to pivot? Um, talk about how you had to pivot during COVID. I mean, I know that was an absolute nightmare for business owners, especially restaurant owners and catering. I mean, they're away went the catering, away went the events. What did you do then? Then we decided um
1: to start. Eat and eat packages, basically individual meals. We would make the food at the restaurant and then we would either porch drop them for customers or people would come and pick them up and we would put them outside on a bench and things like that. We also yeah. had, um, I guess you could say like pandemic packages where when people couldn't get toilet paper and stuff, we could get those items through our food distributor. So we mm. were putting together packages like that Um just to help people out, like dry pasta, dry beans, toilet paper, and things like that to where it created or helped solve a problem. And people that couldn't get things, we helped them out. So it was actually a a fun time. And we learned a lot about ourselves because 98% of our staff continued to work. We kept them on payroll. We had We told them they didn't have to, and that's the first time in my life in the restaurant business that I said it's okay to go on uh, on the I can't think of the name. Why can't I think of the name? Workers' con or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unemployment. Where any other time as a business owner, you know, you don't want them to do that because you can get dinged by it. But but in this case, it was a different feel. But we learned a lot about uh, our business and things we didn't want to continue to do. Um, Mm. we were always toying with the idea of being open for dinner. Um, we tried it for a while and during the pandemic, we're like, okay, let's focus on catering. The restaurant is kind of our marketing tool to where we can market our catering market, our high tea service, and then our party room that we have here. It basically is a lot of our bread and butter catering and parties. So yeah. we did learn that we didn't really want to stay open in the evenings, but we do open for special events. So it kind of serves yeah. as an event center as well. So, so the pandemic was kind of good to us. Not that I would wish that on anybody, but we learned a yeah. lot about ourselves then.
0: Absolutely. Sure. It sounds like that. I mean, that was a great opportunity to set some boundaries with what you really didn't want to be doing in your business anyway. Correct. Was yes. there, what else did you cut out during that time? Was there other things um, that you were like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore?
1: Well, and something that I've always wanted to take care of people. And if I don't think like, say we have a big catering and I don't think that we can keep the restaurant open and take care of the customer prior to the pandemic, we would close and put up a note. We're closed for an offsite catering and people couldn't understand that and would get mad at us. Now people are like, oh, I get it because other places are doing it. So I think some of those things, things we were doing before. People, it's more common and so Mm -hmm. those are some of the things that kind of came out of that to where we're able to do those things now just as an example we're catering an event this friday for 500 people and we have several other caterings that day we're going to go ahead and close on friday just so we don't drop the ball on somebody so
0: yeah yeah i love that the at least one great thing that came from COVID as well was that permission to be more human, like permission, to just put a yes. sign up and say, we can't today, <laughs> like whether it's because yes, we're too busy elsewhere sure. or the owner is sick. Like people I think are embracing our humanness just a little bit more and giving more people, uh, for giving sure. people more grace with, with that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, for sure. What, yes, what's your, for sure. what was your example, uh, of business ownership, other than, I know you worked really closely with Hal and his team and stuff when you were first started like waitressing and working in the restaurants, but was there somebody in your family that you could look to and go, they're a business owner. That's what I want when I grow up.
1: Well, I have to say my dad, my dad has always owned his own business and he was a photographer back when I was forever. Um, and then he pivoted and changed jobs. He ended up becoming a naturopath after that due to his own health but watching him, he would always come up with ideas. um, And I learned from him too, that not every client is your client. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. There's always, I mean, one of my competitors, we talk shop all the time now and we send each other business because sometimes it's not a good fit for me, yeah. but it might be a good fit for her. And so that's one thing that I think I learned from my dad. It's like, work smarter, not harder. Um yeah. though I like I like to be involved in all our events and things. So that part doesn't bother me. But again, it's okay to not have every person be your customer.
0: Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. How much collaboration do you do? Because I know a lot of young women getting started in business are probably going this is mine. I keep my little secret, all my trade secrets, all my processes and the way I do things. It's really natural to want to keep that stuff close to the breast whenever you're starting. But tell me about what you've learned in sharing that knowledge with others in your industry. Well, I think
1: at first when you start out, because you've worked hard and maybe learned in school or whatever, you don't want to just give away all your trade secrets. But as you, I guess, mature and age and know that you can help each other. And I think networking has helped me to, to realize it's okay to share. And again, the person that I talk shop with, we had a conversation of there's enough business to go around, but I think it's that whole, okay. I think collaborating with people that are in your own industry is a good thing because you can help each other out. And I have learned too. Some people that might've been my competitor end up, I've hired a few people that we worked together after the fact, and then they might go on because it's time for them to move on and grow elsewhere. But now somebody that worked for me before is helping us this weekend, just because I know I can count on their abilities. So I think as you grow, you learn there's enough business to go around and by helping each other, it comes back to
0: you. Yeah. Definitely a hundred percent. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about staffing because I know you have a very unique, um, staffing situation when you may have, I I mean, Kim does so much catering for OU, for Bob Stoops family, for, for the national guard, for really big paycom, really big companies. That's a lot of meals and a lot of people to have to make and serve those meals. But then there's some days that it just might be the restaurant and, you know, 10 tables of ladies drinking tea. So, How have you managed to keep staff, get staff, get help when you need it um, and manage that whole ball of wax, so to speak? I know it's it's such a hairy monster sometimes with everything going on. And
1: it is. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said a hairy monster. because (laughs) We have our core people that we, I have, I have probably five people on staff that are salary and then everybody else is hourly. Um, And then in this day and age, I guess gig work is possible, uh, something that everybody's looking for. So it's mm-hmm. always putting the word out there of people that know people that need extra money. And then you start developing, I guess, a list of people that want to help when you have an event. So it's just extra money for them. And mm-hmm. they also know what they're doing. Um. So it always seems to work. I, I don't know. It's like, I put the word out to people I know. And I've learned in this business, it's like, if you need 20 people, you ask for about 35 and then Mm. some can't show up because of flat tires or this, that, and the other. So it tends to balance out, um, knock on wood. It tends to work every time for us.
0: (laughs) It does. It all works out Uh, because I think you've given so much to your community. People are just they know you. They like you. They trust you. They're willing to to refer and give give when when you need. Oh, um, and that takes a long time to build up. You know, it, how long have you been networking in Norman? Um, let's see. I was
1: born and raised in Norman, so knowing a lot of people from that. But then just various organizations, chamber of commerce. Is of course you and I are in the same networking group, and I've been in our group for 21 years and my so gosh. yes and I always tag it by time my son was five when I started he's 26 now so my gosh. I look back and think of how I know certain people and it always ends up going back to you know this group or that group or how I know people and so it's just building a sense of community I just came from a meeting today where it's for the uh the Thanksgiving community dinner and everybody that was there, we didn't know who was going to show up and I'm like, Oh, I know everybody in this room. It was nice. (laughs) Everybody coming together and things. So I think that's kind of the neat part of building a community that you can do different
0: things to help as well. And then it comes back to you. Yeah, it does. Tenfold, huh? Yes. Tenfold. So let's talk a little bit about, um, this this evasive thing that people seem to think is a thing, but I don't think it is a thing. I want to know what you think about this. Is there such a thing as work-life balance? Um
1: I I would say yes and no, maybe that's a good answer. <laughs> um I think in, at least in my profession, I tend to pull my family in to help sometimes. So then we're getting to spend time together. But I think it's always just a roller coaster and it's a healthy roller coaster if you choose it to be that way, because you can put more focus on one thing when you shouldn't be. So I think you can read cues in life. I think of, okay, now I need to spend more time over here versus that for me, at least that's what makes my life exciting. I think, and maybe it's just my line of work too, where, They can be involved as well. And that sounds crazy, but we've had a lot of good opportunities that, I mean, my, my child right now, at least he likes to go help us when we do concessions at one place. So it's teaching him how to work how to Mm -hmm. make change and how to, what it feels like to make a gratuity. And then his father, my husband is going with him. So they have that bonding moment. It sounds crazy, but it's like, okay, not everybody gets to do that. So I look at those things as blessings more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And my other son helps us out. So I have, at least they can see what I do and maybe appreciate it instead of, I don't know. And we're getting ready to spend time together too in those situations. So it's a good thing. I like it.
0: Absolutely. I think there's this, there's seasonality to different times in your business when you are spending less time with your family, more time with your family, but being in, in your space, you do have a unique opportunity to bring them in to really kind of work side by (laughs) side with you. And I love that they're interested in that. I've been trying to get my son to edit (laughs) videos for me or something. And I'm like, dude, He's like, I want nothing to do with it. They don't want anything to do with what mom does. So that's just not cool enough. Right. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> she knows the kid I'm talking about too. The kids, a, but he's, he's a, a good kid. Mess. He's just like his mother. I swear. Plus, him. <laughs> Can't help it. Um Oh my gosh. Kim, what are you most proud of in your life? I would say my family. Um,
1: I love my kids. They're both creative and my husband is a very giving person, not just to me, but just watching him help other people. Um, I just, I look in awe at them. So that's my, my
0: most proud thing in my life. You have a beautiful family. She has a beautiful family, you guys, beautiful family, really. We see them all over town. Sometimes at Sam, sometimes (laughs) at Costco, sometimes at the restaurant, all over the place. Uh, we're always running into each other. This is a really small town. To be such a big town, isn't yes. it? yes. <laughs> you end up knowing somebody everywhere you go. At least Kim does, or they actually. I think people know Kim versus you. Know I don't him. know. People know who I you don't, are. I don't know. I don't what advice would you give to somebody that that's that's wanting to get into the restaurant business or catering business um, that maybe knows nothing about it, but just maybe they like to cook? What are they? What are they getting into? And what would you prepare them for as they embark? on this journey Um, you've
1: been down? I would say one, go get a part-time job and try it first and see what you don't like. Um, that's one thing that my husband always tells my son, you need to try things to see what you don't want to do. Um, Mm. so I think that is a good way because a lot of people, Oh, I like to go out to eat. I like to do this, but it's a different ball of wax when you're having to roll up your sleeves and clean dishes and take out trash and things like that. So learning, I think on the job in this business is, is the best way to start. And then Mm -hmm. if you want to perfect more, then there's culinary school and things like that to where it can help kind of hone your abilities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that too, to test out and, and try different things to see what you do and don't like um, our, our high school programs here are offering some internships. And I know our daughter uh, yes. that also worked for Kim for a, a period of time in her restaurant is now managing a restaurant again for it's the reverse for Hal Smith; She's now managing yes. a Hal Smith <laughs> restaurant started with you and managing for him. Uh, but she was able to go to, uh, to be a teacher, uh, like a teacher assistant. They, they put them in basically as student teachers during her junior and senior year. Yes. And she found out like that she did not want to be a math teacher to those snot nosed kids real quick yes <laughs> but she loves the mess of food and restaurant work and who knew until she came and tried it out and i'm so grateful that you gave her oh, that experience she's she, sweet. kim's put so many of our kids to work you guys it's, she puts <laughs> everybody's kids to work um making them roll up their sleeves and get to know what it's really like out there in in the job world <laughs> Yes, it's fun. (laughs) Welcome to the show. You're going to be part of it. Let's go. Oh my gosh. What is it that you've been networking with a lot of other business owners for a long, long time, but what is it about the catering and restaurant business, you are so vastly different than most business models, right? Like it, with the exception of retail, it might be a little closer, but the typical nine to five networker is not you. What do you need other businesses to understand about your unique business? Oh, goodness.
1: Um, it's kind of like what you just said. I think a lot of people sit at a desk and at a computer all day. And that is, well, I I was gonna say that's not what I do, but I feel like as I've grown and tried to turn over the reins to people, I find myself sitting at my desk and computer more. But I think when people ask me to take on other responsibilities, maybe in, in, I don't know, I'm gonna make up a a, take on the role of helping us out, be treasurer in this group. I want to not fail in their eyes and so I don't know how much I can devote to other things like that even though I say my life is a roller coaster but I think it's it's the time that this business takes um it's not just the nine to five which is kind of a boring answer I think but um there's so much more to it than that you know it's yeah we in theory work around the clock if we have a breakfast that we have to get up for sometimes we get here at four in the morning when we do movie productions. Sometimes we're here at two in the morning because they eat at 4 a.m. And so it's always the ever-changing time and things. And working holidays, which I know like doctors work holidays and nurses and all that, but that's something that I don't mind doing as long as we know that it's doing some good and bringing some happiness to somebody, which is kind of a generalized answer. But I mean, this Thanksgiving, we are catering for OU Band, which is nice because they all have to get up and go to the game the next day. So we're at least Mm. glad to help our Sooners out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You've gotten to cater for some really exciting people. You mentioned movie productions. I know you're sitting right where there's been a movie scene, film. Do you want to tell us a little bit about some of the movies you've worked with? If you can. Well, and
1: no, I can. And the funny thing is, I think in some of the questions that I filled out for you, I I call myself a fangirl and not just going out, but. More of the accomplishments that people have made to me, that's what I admire about people. So when somebody's, I guess, famous, it's because they've worked hard. And so a lot of people know it. So that's where I come from on that. But we've done, we've probably catered about 40 movie productions, some that are low budget, some that are bigger budget, but most of them have always had people in the production that people would recognize. Um, Here at the restaurant, the last... um, Borat film was they did one scene here they had to use the restaurant all day and it was only probably 30 seconds in the whole entire movie (laughs) but it was kind of fun to see that Um, we've done we've literally one year uh, went out to uh, out by Tulsa Oklahoma and Bartlesville rented a kitchen for three months and and basically catered a production I had a whole crew out there living and then we would switch out and take things to them and things like that so that was fun um again we've done a lot of sports teams we've done commercials for some of the thunder players um so just a lot of things that I used to dream about again more so like wouldn't that be neat to be able to meet these people and then we got to at least do something for them in the service industry that is to me it makes me feel good to put it on my resume so, because yeah, people admiring them,
0: so. and getting to feed those people—that's a. Yes. I mean, that's a love language right there. That nothing speaks closer to our hearts than getting fed by somebody, yes. especially get to feed someone that you look up to or you know has accomplished so much. That's so much fun, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I would be fangirling all the time if I were you. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's
0: <laughs> shameless. Fun. It's fun. Shamelessly yes. fangirling. That's all right. Yes. We lo- We love it. Go for it. Go for it. All right, Kim, what is one essential part of your day that you cannot skip that keeps you centered, sane you? Okay. Well, i I'm going to give you two things.
1: I get yeah. up every morning and I try to at least read one positive chapter a day of either, um, in a positive business book, or I even have the Jesus is calling book. And i they all make fun of me because I never follow the date of the book. I just kind of randomly pick it. And it always pertains to my day somehow or another, or something that I've been thinking about or that's been on my mind. So that's one thing that I do every day and don't want to go off my routine. And then another one, I'm a paper girl. I like to write notes because it's how my brain processes things. So every day I get to work and I write out my list of what I'm going to do. And then I take that list and then pick out five of the most important things Mm. and keep it on a separate list. So I don't feel overwhelmed by my list. (laughs) And so I try to focus on that. Once I knock things off the list, then I'll add something else on. So it kind of helps me process how I'm going
0: to accomplish things.
1: And then I I get stressed out if I don't, don't mark things off
0: my list. Oh. Yes. Have you ever had a list and then you did something that wasn't on the list and you wrote it on the list so you could mark it off the list? Yes.
1: Yes. I absolutely. do that all the time. <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: Because it makes me feel good to mark it off. <laughs>
0: right. yes. That's hilarious. Yeah. We, we love the check boxes. We love to mm-hmm. to, to check that we've done the thing. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. And okay. One more question. What's the one thing you wish you would have known When you started your business, that you now know? I wish probably
1: that I would have maybe hired people sooner because it was just me and one other person. And so I think we could have grown a little bit faster. Yeah. And been able to do more. And so I think it took us a little bit longer than I thought. So. And having the confidence to do that, I think I would have just maybe, I don't want to say believed in myself more because I felt like I did, but just maybe thought things through a little bit more and put together a team, I think
0: faster. Yeah. What do you think held you back from not, from not hiring sooner? Um,
1: I would say, Maybe it was not having the confidence to do it. Um, I feel more confident as I've gotten older and I don't know if that's just maturity. Um, because now I'm, we have a really good, strong team and I'm happy with it. And I'm like, gosh, if we would have done this sooner. So I think it's just kind of maturing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Knowing that. Yeah. I know it's, it's really hard to try and hand over those reins and trust somebody. Uh, when you've been doing it all by yes. yourself or with just one other person, um, who was the first person that you hired or the first role um,
1: rather? Well, it was, oh, well, okay. So I'll give my credit to my friend, Jacob, Jacob Moore. He and I worked together forever, way back when I waited tables and he was a bus boy. And then we went on to work together in Hal Smith. So we started the business on our own here where we are. And I think my next person to hire, I think I hired was a manager for the restaurant who's not with us anymore. And that's okay. But now I've got a really good team. I've got Crystal and Teresa and Michael and Alexis and Derek and Amanda. And so it's all a, a really strong team to get us to where we want to be. And we're just, our goal is to keep growing. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What What's ahead? What's ahead for NOSH?
1: Well, my dream is, let's put it this way, but it's, I think I would like to open a bigger event space, Um, Mm. keep our locations we have now, but somewhere where we can have more conferences and big banquets and things like that to where we have more control over certain things. So we do cater off site all the time, but I'd like to have something that Seated between three to five hundred people. That's kind of my goal. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. And more. I, I feel like more Norman area needs this kind of of thing. There's a lot of that, you know, kind of north side or in Edmund yes. or in kind of the outskirts. But really, right here in our area, there's not anything like that. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so and you guys are doing some shows, right? Like, so I think you have a Valentine's show coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about the different shows that you guys do there at Nosh. Um, And about the one coming up in February.
1: We've been having some dinner shows or dinner theaters. um, And so we had one a couple months ago where it was uh, kind of the Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin type type music. And so Michael Cooper is now one of our managers. He does great impressions of Dean Martin, and he is going to be doing a Valentine's show. We're going to have to talk to him about seeing who else he has playing Uh with him, but just a lot of a lot of neat, uh, music to listen to. And, uh, we try to do different things like that one to give, uh, something for people to do, but then it also introduces people to our facility and what other things we yeah. have to
0: offer. So, yeah, yeah. It's such a great, I mean, essentially a lead generation service to yes. your catering and to the restaurant and all the other things that you guys offer. I have They listen guys, they offer high tea service, like I've never seen it is. She has the most beautiful collection of China and all the different beautiful prints of China. And you can go there. I, we took my granddaughter for a Barbie tea party. Not she, and she's not giving herself enough credit. A lot of these different events that Nosh does are for charity. And she doesn't even charge very much for these people to come in and host a charity event there where they get to take and move back for their, um, for their organization. So we were really excited to be at your Barbie tea party and have high tea there with all the girls and get all dressed up. That's so much fun. Are you guys going to be doing more of those this spring and summer?
1: Um, we probably will. We'll probably be doing some I mean, we've had like a princess party before. And so we try to do these a couple of times a year just to give people an opportunity to, to have that experience.
0: So yeah, there's yes. something to do. There's not a lot yes. to do in more itself without going downtown or clear to Norman or somewhere. And there's stuff to do around here.
1: Yes. I love it when I For walk sure. into the
0: restaurant and just see huge groups of church lady groups and all kinds of men's prayer groups. I mean, so many groups meet at Nosh. It's become kind of that, just like a central piece of more. You can never, you can never leave. If you get the bigger event center, you have to keep it, right? Oh, we for sure will. <laughs> yeah, yes, for
1: sure.
0: <laughs> it's our go-to place. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Kim, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable with us today and telling us about your journey in in business ownership. And you guys are doing such amazing things. Tell um tell me what you are most excited for um, coming up soon at Nosh.
1: Oh goodness, Um, well, let's see. We talked about Valentine's having a show, um, but I think uh, just trying to get more people to know about us and we've been offering sip and see so Mm. people can come and see different things. We're gonna try for our catering menu. So it's a way for people to see some items that they could try out. And then we're going to change our menu. We're gonna do that after the holidays so we can have some more items for people to try. So I think that's new
0: menu oh, items.
1: And my big thing which we did last summer but we're going to do again this summer is for the PGA at our other location oh. we're going to be doing the Corn Ferry Golf Tournament again and so wow. that's about 10 days. Yeah, 10 days that's of fun. That's a big deal. It was fun and it was a challenge and um it's open to the public so people can come and watch people uh, golf which is really
0: fun. <laughs> Yeah. And they invited you back. You catered this year and they have invited you back next year, which means yes, you did, yes. you knocked it out of the park. That was like, that was the most people, right. That you'd ever catered for.
1: It was about 10,000 in, in one week, 10,000 in one week. Yeah. That, was that a was lot of meals. Week. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was round the clock and it was fun. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. And you guys crushed it. You absolutely crushed the whole time, Thanks. the whole thing. So much good feedback came out of that event. Well, Kim, I appreciate you so much for being my guest and being you a bet. true, true icon in Moore and Norman, Oklahoma. Everyone knows who you are. And if they don't, they do now. Go over to Noshandmore.com. Is that the right address? Correct. Yes. Noshandmore.com. Go follow them on their Facebook page. They're always putting out the different specials that they're running, whether it be an event there at Nosh. The Golf Jimmy, Jimmy Austin Golf Course on the green. They've got lunch specials there open to the public. Um, and catering if you have a baby shower, a wedding shower, a small wedding, um, any kind of event and you want it to happen here and more, you can have it happen right here at Nosh. It's on 19th and Broadway. Great, 19th and yes. Broadway. in more. (laughs) I almost got that. I almost said telephone (laughs) between telephone and Broadway, um, somewhere between those, uh, there and, um, Kim will get you taken care of. Trust me. Her team has done it for me many times. They're fabulous. Thank you, Kim Torres for being my guest for having me. Thank you for being a queen that leads.
1: The Queens lead podcast is recorded worldwide and produced by the kick-ass media team at the height digital home base in Nicaragua until our next episode, stay real Queens and go lead. Remember to tap that follow and leave your review. For freebies and more real, inspiring content you love, go
0: to Amysingleton.net and connect with Amy on our socials at the real Amy Singleton. One more thing. This is the legal language, what my lawyer wrote, and what I need to read to you. This podcast is presented for educational and entertainment purposes only. I am Amy Singleton and I'm just your friend. Although I may speak to many on this show, I am not a psychotherapist, a business coach, a doctor, a CPA, a lawyer, or probably anyone who should be giving you professional advice. This podcast is not a substitute for a relationship with your doctor, coach, or any other licensed professional. Got it? Good. Now go be a queen and follow me at The Real Amy Singleton.